Hello everyone. Today I would like to take a look at a few verses out of Exodus um, 33 and Exodus 34 and to take a look at what's going on in the life of Moses and his personal relationship with God. And uh, then we'll finish up by seeing what Paul says about the application of these things in 2 Corinthians. And so just to let you know, we'll be talking about the glory of the Lord. And as a believer, you probably know that seeing God as glorious is what brings us joy, right? Our old mission was to, to seek our own glory, but our life has been totally turned upside down. And uh, now our greatest joy comes from seeing more of who God is, all glorious. All right, well, we will start in Exodus 33, and here's the setting Moses had went on Mount Sinai spending time with God and receiving the Ten Commandments. And then after 40 days with God, when he came down, the children of Israel had uh, taken some of the gold uh, jewelry that they that God had had the, uh, the Egyptians lavish upon the children of Israel. When they left Egypt, they took some of that jewelry and they fashioned a golden calf and were worshiping it worshiping it and calling it Lord and saying that this thing had had delivered them from Egypt. Okay, uh, Moses had been gone 40 days and uh, that was no excuse, but they quickly turned uh, to sin. And when Moses came down from the mountain, he saw it and he was, uh, he saw what was going on. He threw down the, the commandments, the tablets and broke them. And, and not long after that, he was going to go back upon the mountain and make intercession for the people and and uh, receive the commandments again, he would spend 40 more days, right, in God's presence. Now, now the day before he went back up on the mountain again, he prayed. And that's where we're going to begin today, Exodus 33, 18. And here's what he said. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, uh, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Oh, Father, Father God, you're awesome, Lord. Thank you for your word, Father. Um, thank you for your glory, for who you are, Lord. Just open up our eyes, our spiritual eyes. Give us eyes, Lord. Give us a heart to see um, your glory in your word today and be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, Moses began praying this simple prayer, and then God directly answers him. He said, please show me your glory. That's really, uh, uh, that's a really easy memory verse. Moses said, please show me your glory. Exodus 33:18, And not only that, it's a good prayer for us to pray every day. Please show me your glory, Lord. And, to, and in, in praying it, we're pondering what we're talking about and what it means. 
But what is glory, right? Let's start with that because it's uh, sometimes I wonder if we really ever thought about it. Okay, what is glory? At one point, C.S. Lewis pondered what glory was, and uh, he questioned whether it was something he called luminosity. You know, uh, just uh, light shining out. You know, maybe you've seen paintings of Jesus with the shining face or uh, light coming out from his face. And I think that's how they might portray glory in a painting. But in real life, it's not luminosity, is it? Now, what is it? Now, the dictionary has a number of definitions. And I think some of them are good and uh, pretty good. But I think the best place to go is, to, is God's Word and see a, a lot of words. Um, the dictionary is close, but God gives us his definition of things like, like what is faith and what is hope. Uh, you know, uh, and same with glory, I think. Um, so let's see what, how the Bible uses glory. And, uh, you know, God is all glorious. But there is a context to him giving glory to thing. He ascribes glory, and it's interesting. He does it for his own glory, right? But let's look at what Jesus actually said to Solomon. <clears throat> he said he had glory, Matthew 6, 29. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And, uh, and of course, he was talking about, Jesus was talking about the lilies of the field. So, uh, and, and Solomon, so, he, you know, Solomon, what did God give Solomon? He gave him things like wisdom and knowledge and, um, I think, long life, wealth, right? And he, he made him a king. He, he put him in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah, the promised Messiah. Um, and so I think uh, Solomon's glory was who he was, who God made him, right? It was it was who he was. Now, Paul also says that things in creation have glory. He said that he refers to the sun and the moon and stars. 1 Corinthians 15, 41. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So again, the glory of the sun and the moon and stars seem to be their differences, right? In their characteristics and attributes. So the question is, I think this is right, is, is their glory who or, or rather what they are, what God has made them? God gives glory for his own glory. Now, I think we can see the same definition of glory in our text. After Moses asked God, you know, he says, please show me your glory. And he tells him uh, what he is about to show him when Moses goes back up on the mountain. And for time's sake, we'll just take a look at these kind of briefly. See if you don't think that in his answer, God is telling Moses who he is. Uh, and this is his response. Verse 19 of our text. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So the first thing Moses, uh, God tells Moses about himself that he is good, and he shows him his goodness. He's going to, and uh, you know, th this is a world where everything that we know is connected to brokenness. All our relationships, all things, all physical things, uh, 
everything dies and, and things rust and decay and relationships are messy. All, it's all, life is tough because of sin. And, and God says, still yet in that, he is good. We can trust he is good. That's one of the attributes of God. And, and so the glory of God shows us his holiness, the goodness in, in who he is and his holiness, okay? And 19 continues, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. So what's in a name? Well, when it comes to God's name, many names in the Old Testament, but God's name, we find out who he is. Remember, uh, God had already told Moses, uh, tell them I am has sent you. And in calling himself I am, there's a whole lot of uh, information that we can find out about who God is. I mean, I am means he's always been. And, you know, we uh, from the we want to be the I am. Satan wanted to be it to be all about him, but it's all about God. And we fight this every day of our life. But all the names that are ascribed to God and, and the adjectives that are attached to the name of God tell us throughout the Bible, tell us his character and who he is. So uh, when he said he would proclaim before you my name, the Lord, it is about who God is. His name is significant. In verse 19, uh, God continues, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So, so God is sovereign. You know, that's a foundational truth about the glory of God. He, he has mercy on whom he will. He pardons who he will, right? Um, you know, he is God. Therefore, he has the say-so in everything. I mean, it sounds unnecessary to say, but it's important. And I like Psalms 115.3 that says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. You know, period. Right? <laughs> so these are some things about God. And, and, and God went on in his discourse to Moses, his answer. In uh, verse 20, he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And he goes on to say, when his, as his glory passes by, he would cover him uh, with his hand and in the cleft of the rock and then remove his hand after he passes by. And, uh, you know, but God's attributes, I mean, God, I mean, he's, his perfection, his, he's righteous. And, um, and man has to be covered uh, to experience God. Uh, God uh, covered Adam and Eve, right? in the garden after they sin. After their sin, we need covering. Um, he would cover Moses in the cleft of the rock. And we come into his fellowship only if we're covered by the righteousness, the blood of Jesus on the cross, actually. He was paid the wages of our sin. And he imputes his righteousness to those that he he is, he is sovereignly chose, actually, before the foundation of the world. So I think there's a good case, basically, in summary of these things, that when Moses asked to see who, or the glory of God, it was to see um, who he was, right? Um, in all of his holiness. Um, all right?
Now, um, now let's let's go on to see um, how God, God's glory, what effect did it have on Moses? And um, so the next day after Moses prayed that prayer, he goes back up on the mountain for 40 more days in the presence of God. That's a, that's a long prayer. And we pick back up in the next chapter, Exodus 34, um, verse 29. That's what I want us to see. Um, so here's what it says. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. So talking with God, uh, the exchange, I think, it changed Moses. Moses spent time with God, uh, listening, talking, seeing his glory, being in his presence. Um, he began learning as God showed him who God was, getting to know him better, seeing, uh, seeing his character. But he didn't know that his skin was shown, was shining. Maybe that's where C.S. Lewis was thinking, is glory, luminosity, because Moses' skin actually did shine. But I believe that there's a spiritual application. I think Paul will agree. We'll look at it in a minute. There's a spiritual application for this, for, the, the, uh, for Moses being in the presence of the glory of God um, and his, his skin shining. There's a spiritual application. You see, we're going to look at, uh, continue here in Exodus 34. And it's interesting to me that Moses had a routine. We're going to look at that. Uh, that whenever he went before God after this, um, this incident, he would, would remove his veil like a man might, might take off his hat when he prays. Uh, in that part of the world and today, the veil is very important. So... It's kind of like a scarf, right? A veil. And uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, especially if you're in the wilderness, even back in that day and today, but it's a piece of material long enough to cover your head. And so on a cold night for 40 years in the wilderness, you might need your veil to wrap around your neck or your face to keep the cold out. But, uh, or when you're walking in the sun as they traveled, if you're walking directly into sun, you might wrap it around uh, your 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 head where you can see barely see through and it would shade out the sun it also may shade out um, the sand that's blowing in your face and in your eyes um, so um, now let's look at how Moses used the veil and see if there's a spiritual application for it he, he had this routine now Exodus 34, 34, beginning there. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again, until he went in to speak with him. So this is pretty cool, I think. Let's think about it for a minute. When Moses spent time with the Lord, he removes his veil. And his face shines, right? It's like, it seems like it's absorbing the, 
the glory of the Lord, right? When Moses tells the people of God everything that God told them to tell him, them, he does it with his veil off, and they see his face shining. Number three, when Moses goes back to his daily life in the world, he puts his veil on, verse 35, and Moses would put the veil on over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So what's the spiritual application? I think it's pretty clear. Um, before God, um, we do what? Right. We, we don't veil God out. We take our veil off. We get, the, we get away from the distractions of the world. Um, you know, when I'm reading God's word, I don't uh, filter out and just hear what I want to hear. When, um, when I read over in Hebrews 11 how Christians were sawed in two for following Jesus, um, I, 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 don't, I don't veil that out. I, I don't keep on believing in a health and a wealth gospel. So um, I had someone one time tell me that the reason people wore glasses because it was a lack of faith. Um, you know, we have to hear what the Bible says and and not veil out the truth, not add our own uh, opinions or what we, we can't make our own God out of the Bible. Uh, don't veil, don't wear a veil when it comes to God's word. Um, yeah, we can't, people who believe in salvation without repentance, they veil out God's truth. Don't do that. And don't, don't veil God out either of your daily activities in life. Um, uh, take him with us. Don't shade God out even in the least. When it comes to Jesus, don't veil him out. Now, the veil off when sharing what God um, uh, has said with others, when, we, when people ask us counsel or when we tell them about God, um, don't veil out the truth. I had a believer, I think a, a fairly new believer come to me and he, he was almost, uh, seemed to be boasting. And he said that he had a chance to counsel another believer uh, a male, and he had told him that he needs to get away from the woman in his life, his wife, and they need to get a divorce. And that was his counsel. And the way he said it, and, and the things he said, I, I rebuked him in love. And, um, and I think I offended him for a while, at least, um, because he, he, uh, he kind of withdrew, withdrew from, from me after that for a while. I've spoke to him since. But we have to be careful. I mean, don't veil out the truth about God's word to other people. Whether it's uh, adultery, uh, uh, abortion, we, uh, we, we, can't, we can't give people advice that, that is, is uh, you know, what Satan would give them, right? A homosexual lifestyle. We, we have to tell the truth about the glory of God so that people can find his joy and, and not be led down the dark paths that end in death and eternal separation from God, right? Don't veil out the gospel to other people. And finally, number three, 
Moses put his veil back on when he went into the world about his daily life. What does that mean? Uh, his veil in relationship to the world. I think that means run from sin, my friends. Uh, for me, like run from sin on my smartphone, on uh, you know, on the internet, whether it's Facebook or somewhere else. Uh, run from sin with bad company uh, that that might uh, pull us down into the same. Um, run from from run from sin. Uh, veil it out with a dark black veil, a heavy veil that. Uh, concerning mind fantasies or, or dwelling on, on things about how you've been done wrong or uh, veil that gospel with a, a blackout veil uh, or not gospel but gossip. You know, uh, TV, mercy, uh, turn the channel when you need to. I mean, just turn the TV off. I mean, I know Elvis may have been ridiculed for shooting a TV one time, but maybe he had the right idea. There are times when we need to just... Um, Maybe smash uh, uh, our cell phone and, and get rid of it altogether. Uh, I don't know, but the Bible tells us if if even our our hand causes us to sin, we should cut it off. Uh, uh, so, uh, and spiritually speaking, you know, we we do need to cut off uh, those things that that cause us to sin, and it, it it might mean changing some physical things in our life to run right. And veil our sin in the world. So so we want to emulate Moses and his use of the veil. Um, we have those three ways that Moses used the veil. Veil off before God, veil off when sharing, and veil on toward the world. Now, now spending time with God changed Moses, but it will change us also. Paul talks about in, in, I think, two or three chapters in 2 Corinthians. He seems to be referencing uh, chapter 33 and 34 in Exodus. And um, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, one of my favorite verses in the Bible that I think uh, you probably, it may be a favorite of yours. I would recommend that if you don't have it memorized, do so. It, it, I, I believe it will change your life. Uh, but it... 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul is referencing this very thing, how Moses went before God with unveiled face and was transformed. And this has a spiritual application. See if you don't agree. Here's what it says. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So th this is something that I would call the principle of associated glory. Okay, the principle of associated glory. It goes like this. We become like the people or, or the things we choose to associate ourselves with to the extent to which we do not veil them out. Okay, we become like the things or the people we choose to associate with to the extent that we do not veil them out. So this happens in the physical world, but in the spiritual world, it happens even greater to a greater extent. It's a miracle when God does it in our life. All right, now here's an example 
of the principle of associated glory in the world relating to my own life. I remember it was October um, 1976. This was our senior trip, me and my best friend. We put it off till October and we left Dodge City, headed for, I uh, went to Oklahoma City and went to and took a plane to Hawaii. Now it was snowing in Dodge City and then we, um, we, Changed planes in Denver. It was blizzard conditions. I had on a down vest, and we got to Hawaii, and it was not snowing there. No, people were. We got off the plane. I think I had my down jacket on actually as I got off the plane, and people uh, were not wearing shirts, wearing short pants. It was. It was <laughs> I felt very out of place. Um, so. Um, you know, but the very, that was in the evening, that the first day, full day we were there, we decided to go to the beach, and we laid out in the sun, um, it was either four or six hours, I cannot remember, I think, and to this day, I do not remember us putting any suntan lotion on, um, so uh, we, uh, we did not veil out, to the best of my knowledge, the sun's rays, at least not very good, um, now, remember, God's Word told us that the sun had glory. And so, the suns, the stars, and the moon have a, have a glory, right? They differ uh, in glory from one another. So, if the sun has glory, let's see if this principle of associated glory works. Um, after four to six hours in the sun, do you think the sun... Um, and with nothing to veil it out. Do you think the sun transformed us? Uh, maybe our skin, the way, uh, I mean, the glory of the Lord transformed Moses' skin, but us, the sun, did. And we picked up the same, some of the characteristics of the sun. We became red and we became hot. And, and not only did our bodies transform, but it trans, uh, the sun transformed our whole trip. Uh, we could feel the sun's effects uh, for that whole week in Hawaii. So, um, yeah, we become like the, the people or things we choose to associate with to the extent that we do not veil them out. Um, there's a good spiritual example in um, Acts 4. Um, Peter and John were out, um, you know, preaching, and uh, they were in Jerusalem uh, talking about Jesus, holding him up high before the rulers. And, uh, and verse 13 of Acts 4 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they, that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus, just like Moses had been with Jesus. So, but their face wasn't shining, the Bible doesn't say that, but there was something about them. Spiritually, God had transformed them. They had spent more time with Jesus than most people, right? Um, spending time with Jesus, seeing his glory, transformed their lives. And, and the world can tell. Um, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So, uh, you know, life is filled with this example. I mean, we could go on and on. If an Okie from Muskogee went to New York and moved to Brooklyn, they would pick up the accent if they didn't pay attention to, to uh, you know, what, and bail out 
um, the accent of the Brooklyn's, we would, they would start talking like a New Yorker before too long. Um, but there's also a dark type of glory, and we're going to close here in a minute, but there's a dark type of glory that transforms us. I mean, if you intentionally like to hang around um, sinful sin or sinful people or sinful things, the same principle works in your life. Proverbs 13, 20 gives us a great example of both. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So, now, remember also Moses, not only did he take the veil off before God, I want to look at this a little, uh, one more time, a little uh, closer, but when he went about his daily life, he put his veil on, all right? So, we're, um, if we don't veil out sin, this dark type of glory, uh, we pick up attributes and characteristics of corruption. Um, consider it. I mean, reacher, researchers tell us that looking at image, images that entice desire with repetition can actually establish the formation of new synopsis in the human brain. Well, I think advertisers pick up on that and they advertise new cars and they keep doing that and, and we get in our head, we start looking for pictures of new cars and the next thing you know, we cannot hardly help it. Uh, I think maybe new synapses in our brain be, are beginning to form and it makes us, uh, it gives us a little high when we see a new car that that we might like and we think, wow, I can't wait to spend this 30,000 bucks. We don't think about that part, right? But but it, that that's, I mean, that's what happened. And we see it with pornography as well. Uh, the dark glory of porn um, has brought a horrible transformation to millions of people. Um, socially unstable relationships and uh, broken marriages, families uh, being a bad example for children, um, mistreating women, child molestation, prison also. That's, I think, we see that this is the principle of associated glory at work. And we're, we're transformed by what we associate ourselves with to the extent that we don't veil it out. Um, and so all these sins, I mean, they're transforming sins. Hate, greed, laziness, gossip. Um, you know, they, 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 they give us hearts of bitterness and unsatisfaction makes us makes us slaves to the darkness um, and that's our fight even as believers how do we do it we keep going back to God because God's put it in our, our heart uh, to live out our lives in circles of repentance they that sometimes maybe in the past they've been big circles where we've been away from the Lord for a while but no as a believer God disciplines those that he has chosen that he loves his elect, those that, that believe in him. And the circles of repentance um, keep getting smaller in our life. And we want to stay close to God where our true joy is. And he's transforming us as we see his glory, as, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 says. All right. And uh, now, then just to close here, uh, Moses, God showed him his glory. And he did so, I think, throughout his life. He he was he was continued to transform Moses um, into what God wanted him to be. 
Um, Moses wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. But God kept, kept him bringing him back and showing him truth. And he worked with Moses uh, similar to the way we worked with all the children of Israel. Um, finally, even uh, when Moses couldn't go into the promised land um, because of his sin, still yet, um, we find that Moses was still wanting to see more of the glory of God, even right before he died. In fact, he makes this uh, this statement about that. He, I mean, um, here's what it says uh, in Deuteronomy 3.24 at the end of Moses' life. He cries out to the Lord, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works as mighty and mighty acts as yours? So, um, you know, uh, we can never exhaust the awesomeness of God. Don't think that just because you've read through the Bible ten times that you don't need to go to church or you don't need to be about around believers or you don't need to, to drink from God's holy word every day, you know. Paul Paul says in Ephesians 3, 8, um, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And unsearchable, it doesn't mean we can't find them. It means that we can never exhaust them. And so in Paul saying that, even he was admitting that he hadn't seen all of the glory and riches of treasures of God. And, and so um, keep, keep going there, you know. As long as we're in this life, there's always more treasures. Don't stop looking for more God's glory. Don't turn back. Um, that, that's indication that you are a true believer. Don't give up. Uh, don't think you've attained it all. When you, when you read a text and you don't get spiritual enlightening um, or quickening from God, Keep on digging. There, there's so many more treasures and riches waiting for you that God wants to give. Stay in love with Jesus and his word. Get to know him. Delight in his character and attributes. Um, uh, let's, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord, and your example in Moses and, and how he was transformed and his use of the veil, Lord. And uh, how he did not veil. He went before you and, and he did not veil out what you said, Lord. Um, and and he, he told the truth of your word. He shared it with others, Father. And then he veiled out the world from his own life, Lord. Please show us your glory like, uh, like Moses prayed in uh, Exodus 33, 18. And, and Lord... Um, Transform us, like Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18. Uh, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, Father, please go with us now and um, keep us close to you, Lord, and rejoicing uh, in you. Um, because we're seeing more of your glory. Show us more of your glory, Lord, so we can worship you better today than we did yesterday, Lord. Help us to love one another and, and walk 
in fellowship with one another and with you. Uh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.